Here you go. Thank you. I know what you did. Oh, Mammy, don't get weird on me, okay? What is... Yeah. I'm just looking for a reasonable ratio of wontons to broth. This is absolute madness. Come on, girl, you deserve every wonton in the world. Don't let any man tell you otherwise. Okay, we can go. Right. We still go for brunch. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And we wrap up our trilogy with the 2016 Ghostbusters, or Ghostbusters Answer the Call. I don't know when that change was made, but I guess it happened at some point. Are we uh, determining right now on uh, Trilogy in Theory that when uh, you send me the episode, are you going to use the subtitle, or is it just Ghostbusters 2016? I'm debating whether to uh, the the ultimate insult would be to call it the female Ghostbusters. I believe that's what it became known as. Uh, uh, even even I think before that would it attract came out. a very different type of audience to this podcast, <laughs> but you know, numbers are numbers. But here's the thing: before we even get into this one, I gotta talk about the first Ghostbusters. This movie is so fucking overrated. I I feel like okay. Do you think? That we need and to we have... just lost them. We just lost the f- <laughs> the female Ghostbusters crowd. <laughs> do you do you think that you need to have lived in 1984 and seen Ghostbusters one theatrically to have enjoyed it? I I, I feel yes. okay. Yes, I I think so too. I I don't know how many youngins you see around town with proton packs or or, or sexually mm. covering each other with slime for whatever reason you know i don't see any of this <laughs> i think that the toxic nerds from 1984 refuse to let go of their stupid movie and that's why this thing is still around today um yeah i mean i'll out myself as being on your side here i think you and i uh off mic even I've had discussions before because uh, in the early movie pass days, um, they did like an some sort of anniversary thing. And since I had movie pass at the time, I'm like, yeah, why not? I was like, I've never seen Ghostbusters on the big screen. It it did not take. Uh, and this was pre, you know, the female Ghostbusters, <laughs> as you and your <laughs> your Reddit ilk <laughs> would say. Um, so I uh, coming into the 2016 version, I definitely did not care if it was a reboot i didn't care if we used any of the previous characters i mean jesus christ there's only been two of these movies they were both in the 80s uh they've certainly talked about dan Aykroyd and company about doing a third one for decades i feel like they have like a he must have like a secondary career as like uh constantly being paid to write scripts that go nowhere for ghostbusters because i was looking at the wikipedia (laughs) and i'm like oh he wrote one in the late nineties, like Ghostbusters, like Hell Hatton or some something stupid, <laughs> like like that. <laughs> um, so I, 
I I will admit I was not someone that was really concerned about there being like a proper third uh entry into this this series. Um I will say to you know for all the all the ones that clicked on this uh very misogynist <laughs> title that we, we may or may not go with, um that I liked Ghostbusters Afterlife just fine. Uh I felt like oh this is they went with a family film version. Instead of looking to Ghostbusters the past, they looked at Stranger Things and like that that's the ticket. That's that's what we need to go with. And that was fine with me. It's not a movie directed towards me, but I think children would like Afterlife. I don't think kids are going back to the original Ghostbusters and like don't don't you if they're dressing up as Ghostbusters, aren't they dressing up as a character who's referencing like eighties pop culture and not necessarily Ghostbusters itself? Yeah, yeah. I'm if people are dressing up as the the Ghostbusters, they're dressing up as the kids from Stranger Things dressing up as Ghostbusters. Yes. That's what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The 1989 Ghostbusters 2, that movie sucks too. I had never seen it, but I was like, let me watch it in preparation for this. Well, don't the fans kind of agree on that? I don't feel like they ever bring that one up as far as we need to do honor the Empire Strikes Back of the <laughs> Ghostbusters. I feel like they're only talking about the original. And they're they're also talking about a time period, right? Where like Bill Murray, which boy, <laughs> talk about time for us to be recording our Ghostbusters episode. Um, yeah, eventually, <laughs> Me Too comes from Bill Murray as well. Um, they're, it's like they're referencing a time, like the, it's sort of like the last hurrah of like chubby, mostly ugly white dudes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> being funny and getting hot chicks to laugh at their stupid jokes. Like I'll, I'll grant them mildly funny at best. I mean, that's something that, uh, I guess if, they, if you were going to do a, an honest 2016 version, it would have been what? Seth Rogen and company would have been <laughs> the, the heirs to the right. throne, Jonah Hill. <laughs> Instead, we and went I a different way. On a previous episode, I said that personality counts for a lot, and you can kind of get by uh, getting a, a a nice looking lady with a sense of humor. I don't know, man. Bill Murray's pushing it. He is pushing the the discrepancy <laughs> between looks and personality. <laughs> yeah, I always felt. Uh, like the ending of Groundhog Day was slightly tragic. That Andy McDowell enters her own hellscape that will never end, which is <laughs> life with Bill Murray. <laughs> so we are talking about the 2016 version, the all-female uh, cast. Having said all of the things that I think we just said, I don't think that the remake, uh, the Ghostbusters 2016, is terrible. But it is terrible because of the source material it's based on. But as just a movie, like, I I was not offended in the least. I saw it theatrically. I paid for the 3D. And and I was able to see, you know, the, the whatever, proton uh, lasers coming at me and what, what, whatever. Whatever. It was fine. Like, I, did, I could not have cared less. What about you? I thought it was pretty bad. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was unfortunately bad because I guess politically I do not agree with the uh early YouTube downvoters <laughs> uh for the trailer. And so I would have loved for them, you know, uh Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, McCarthy Jones, I'd love for them to really stick it to these people. But, you know, I referenced uh, Seth Rogen and I guess the sort of Apatow crew that would have been the 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 natural uh ones to take up the Ghostbusters throne. Boy, does it suffer from the the sag, like the comedy. And I, I guess maybe that's if you're a fan of the original Ghostbusters, it's maybe a legacy that just can never be recaptured as far as doing 
visual effects spectacle and comedy, I just don't know if it works because you can't there's not that much room to maneuver like if if the vibe is off if you're if you're trying to cut around things and it's just taking too long to get to the jokes and but then you've spent all this fucking money on the green ghosts <laughs> are you going to say now nah, let's let's do some improv let's reshoot this and tighten up and make sure it's funnier and let's just get rid of 40 million dollars worth of visual effects because the jokes aren't working I I mean it's I had not seen it since opening weekend when I was just I was just very sad watching it the whole time because because of you know what especially like Leslie Jones went through on Twitter just absurd but I watched it again at home and I think I think I have I don't know if you gifted this to me I don't know what how I have <laughs> Ghostbusters answer the call in my iTunes library in 4K I don't know how I have <laughs> like I don't think I spent money on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I had it, and I was like, "Well, that'll save me a few bucks, I guess." Renting it, it looked fantastic, but it's just. And I also watched the longer version. I didn't realize that, like the extended cut, is what. Like I didn't choose, <laughs> choose that. But I just realized, like Jesus Christ, this thing's taking a long time. Then I get on Wikipedia and I realize, oh, the extended scenes. I watched every fucking one of those in there. Like, oh, oh, just <laughs> terrible. Like, this is just. This is one of the saddest <laughs> movies we've ever selected for this show. <laughs> Well, in fairness to the film, it is doing what a modern remake ought to do. It's mixing in modern humor and modern sensibilities, a lot of that improv stuff, a lot of the the comedy from, you know, Bridesmaids and the other Paul Feig stuff. Like, he's bringing his own sensibilities into the film. Uh, honestly, that uh, that wonton joke about not enough wontons and too many wontons, that is one of the most relatable jokes in the, the past decade for me. I have that kind of crap happen to me all the time. So I do find nuggets here and there that I'm like, oh, yeah, I, you know what? I really like. And that one, that joke stuck with me since day one of this film uh, to the point where like, I'll go get boba tea at the mall or something. Sometimes I'll have too many boba. Sometimes I won't have enough. And it, I immediately think of this film. So for whatever reason, this film does have a little bit of an, uh, a real world legacy for me, but not enough. I mean, and, and you know what else? It is hard to talk about this film without the real world narrative seeping in. We are unable to discuss this film without mentioning all of it. And so I do feel bad about that. I mean, like there's a lot of dancing in this movie and I'm like, there's no way these 84 nerds liked this dancing stuff or, or they even wanted any of it. I, I, frankly, I don't know what they wanted, to be honest with you. So I, I think they just wanted the same movie. Like literally, they, they didn't want a new one. Just keep re-releasing 84 Ghostbusters Every two years in the theaters, I think they'll be happy. Yeah, I I hope not. I mean, coming out of COVID, we've we're getting a lot of like you know the classics. Even one we started this month with, I went to see the Godfather Coda on the big screen. So uh, somehow I was pleased with that. And this is what happens, Web, when you program a trilogy for me. By the time I get to the end of it, I'm like, no, I was wrong. Never do this again. Don't. <laughs> no more. No more <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> I think my issue with it is the the use of talent uh that we we have here um melissa mccarthy is given the i guess de facto leadership straight man role sort of because she's the she's the biggest box office star uh still uh and certainly at the at the time kristen wig would have been a close second although she's she sort of tapped out of pursuing that post bridesmaids it's not like she just lined up 
big summer comedies that one of the other now Melissa McCarthy did and eventually people <laughs> got tired of it and I guess now it's straight to Netflix for her along with Adam Sandler but well that's because she kept making movies with her husband that's why here goes and Webb. he's terrible in a marriage apparently they have a good working <laughs> relationship and you're like get divorced already this is terrible for you <laughs> no <too." laughs> no just stop working together <laughs> And I think the only thing you talk about having sort of like a lasting legacy um, is probably, unfo- unfortunately, Kate McKinnon, I guess, would have been the, the breakout from from this. Um, I don't know if that ages well, because I had forgotten. Like, I remember, like, that for, you know, young girls, you would see, like, sort of counterpoints on Twitter at the time where uh, people would talk about their daughters taking them to see this and them becoming obsessed with, like, the Kate McKinnon character, like, wanting to dress up, like, with the haircut and the glasses, because she's the... Being on your point of view, she's, you know, she, she's either the Jar Jar Binks or she's like the R2, you know, <laughs> you and 3PO. She's either like the little uh, <laughs> spice on top that adds something to it or she really distracts. I felt like on second watch, I was more of a Kate McKinnon hater, maybe because I was watching the extended version where it was no longer like a, a dabble of her. It was like we got a lot of Kate McKinnon. But what I still don't understand, and I, even though on the first watch, is there's while she certainly has a type, it's the fact that we have three SNL, you know, alums coming from this. It's not like Kristen Wiig is incapable of going for it like Kate McKinnon. So I wondered, what did you think, especially on rewatch? What you have four comedian actresses here. Why did they put so much of like, oh, the funny one has to be Kate McKinnon, and why, why are why are Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy reacting to the Ghostbusters, and yet Kate McKinnon's the only one who's like reacting to them? She's the one that's always like reacting to like what they're doing. I, I don't understand that dynamic. Like we're like, hey, uh, McCarthy, Wig, be less funny. You have to be the ones to carry this into like action movie territory. I don't think any of that works. That's a really good point, because I think a well-rounded cast needs to balance all those things. Look at Arrested Development. Jason Bateman isn't the funniest guy in the room, but he's able to bounce off all those different uh, wacky characters really, really well. Um, And if you've got a bunch of alphas, ultimately, in this movie, because each of these actresses are talented enough to carry a film. They really are. There's a lot of personality there. And having to downplay them in in certain roles or in certain situations you're you're absolutely right we're not sure how uh, all their strengths are being utilized and you're right we do get a lot of kate mckinnon even in the theatrical version and oftentimes i do wonder is she being weird for the sake of being weird because we need a weird one in the group i mean i loved all the stuff about female empowerment and and the fact that like hey these are science, female scientists, which isn't something you really see that much in film. And and they're making groundbreaking uh, discoveries. I mean, granted, they're in, you know it's it's all made up ghost nonsense, but hey, <laughs> I like the fact that they're working together and, and their relationships are uh, a kind of rekindling. And they had a downfall. I like I like all of that. It, it, it's really it's really good to see on, on screen. I just wish it wasn't in this context. Uh, uh, you're you're a hundred percent right. I, the, the humor, I, I've never even bothered to really dissect why the humor doesn't work. I was just like, oh, it's probably just because the a, a, a clash of styles of this this uh, this content 
and the context of modern humor. I, I, now, I haven't seen Afterlife, so I don't know how the humor works in that, and you can speak to that. But I think this is an incredibly poignant thing that you brought up, that you're absolutely right. The characters don't bounce off each other very well. The, the, the energies are all over the place and, and just incorrect. Also, um, whenever we have like a diverse sort of initiative uh, in film, and I don't necessarily think that Ghostbusters 2016 is that. I think that at the time, I remember having ar- arguments with one one buddy in particular who I had no idea was like a Ghostbusters like super fan, and I I had the suspicion that he was just falling into conservative trappings uh that it's like they're taking this away from me now too and i'm like i've never fucking heard you mention ghostbusters once in our 20-year friendship and now (laughs) this is like the most important thing in the world to you uh but one you know one point i brought up at the time was like hey um other than mccarthy and coming off her bridesmaids wig uh even back then uh in the you know 2013-14 era when they were sort of assembling this uh, the American male comedy star was kind of on its way out. And M- Melissa McCarthy was one that was like holding down the line as far as m- like big opening weekends for comedies. So the argument could have been made, Hey, we're just going where the money is. Like, apparently that's, if we want the biggest comedy star, there it is. We're going with the ladies. You can imagine that argument did not really hold sway <laughs> with his warped mind <laughs> as his childhood was being murdered right in front of him. I would have liked a little bit less rah-rah, like, get the girls together type energy, mainly because I, I, you know, one thing that's consistent on this podcast with me is I like having a, a more sort of blue-collar uh, point of view, and I feel like they really missed the boat with the Leslie Jones character, and I'd kind of forgotten that because I watched this, you know, again, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's like the, the regular folk, which I think that got a little bit of pushback that they had the one... A uh, black actress was not someone coming from the academic field. She's, you know, working for the uh, the subway, and she's one that sort of discovers like a ghost, like anomaly first. Uh, but her character, Patty, I really would have liked her cutting the shit a little bit. When Kate McKinnon's doing her crazy lab experiments, and you have McCarthy and Wig uh, battling out from two different scientific perspectives, I would have liked a little bit more of on-the-ground sort of... Um, you know, you guys are arguing about this one really dealing with slime monsters. And instead she just sort of roped into the gang as opposed to offering her own unique perspective to them. And I, I I think that that's a missed opportunity as far as Leslie Jones and like what she can do comedically that she can, she could definitely sort of put them in their place more. And that's something that there may be a fear that if you're trying to have, great female representation for young girls. If you have one of them come in and start calling the other one stupid asshats or elitist snobs, but I would like to see it because, you know, I'm more of a mean girls kind of guy, more of Heather's. I'd like to see them, you know, tear each other down. That'd been fine with me. And then they can cross the streams later and, you know, everything works out in the end. The other aspects of the films that really don't work for me is the villain. Like I'm not a huge fan of uh, that Ugh. character. And, Ugh. Right? Okay, good. It's not just me. He he. It almost felt like the villain was one of those eighty-four uh, Ghostbuster nerds who was just angry about everything, and, and then ultimately that character kind of turn not turns into, but Hemsworth takes over for the villain, and so when you don't have that physical presence, I, there's something about it. Like, I don't know who the villain is anymore. Uh, and I honestly, 
I don't think Chris Hemsworth is that funny. Stop trying to tell me that he can do it all, okay? He can't. He can't. A little bit of the uh, sort of dumb mimbo uh, goes a long way. Uh, yet again, I made the mistake of watching extended cut, so I don't know how much more I got. But even then, I felt maybe two scenes of him uh, failing at his office work as far as answering phones or whatever uh, would be fine with me. Um, I did remember that I felt like they added more in with Kristen Wiig, uh, finding him very attractive, um, because I think originally they wanted uh, they and they had more material where Kate McKinnon had a huge crush on the the Wig character, and they cut that that out. And yet again, that's far more interesting um, as far as you know. Maybe it, it provides a little bit more reasoning, other like you said, other than her just being zany. Is she overcompensating because she's trying to impress someone? Because right now it just reads as like she's like a kid that needs constant fucking attention <laughs> from everyone and the, the audience as well. Uh, it's just it's weird because Paul Feig, I think we've liked everything else he's done. I don't know how many films he's done. We definitely did a, a simple favor and we were big fans of that. But this one, you know, I don't know. It just may be something where we talk about Kevin Smith all the time. Was it Danger? ranger or whatever ranger danger and the danger rangers he had this like sci-fi thing he was gonna do like in the late 90s early 2000s and now it's just like an in joke well there's just posters in this it may be something where um not everyone needs to do like a 150 to 200 million dollar <laughs> summer uh visual feast an, an epic uh because it just doesn't play their strengths um i feel bad i think i know he made some comments saying uh, that the, like you said, that it's unfortunate that this movie will always have that sort of baggage associated with it. Even now, we're talking about it six years later. I don't know when it will not be considered the female Ghostbusters. And I had a side question to you. Do you feel like this one took all of the bullets for um, Ocean's 8, the Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett-led sort of all-female oh. Ocean's movie? Because I do not remember that getting anything remotely regarding the sort of hate. And I think it was like a, a fine modest hit. And it's just like, people were like, yeah, that was a nice sort of summer escapist fair. And then they just forgot about it as you should. Whereas I don't feel like the, uh, the Rowan's, the villains, <laughs> villain character of Ghostbusters 2016 will ever forget the day the answer the call. came. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're, you're, I, I think there's something to that. Uh, that movie came out and, I dug it. I liked Ocean's 8. I thought it was just fine and a very digestible piece of entertainment and didn't it didn't I'm with you. And I don't remember much about it either. I'm just I remember enjoying it and then that was that was the extent of it. Yeah. Well, also <laughs> how many Ocean's 11 diehards <laughs> have you met in your lifetime? Like I like it. I would have loved it. I would have <laughs> I would have loved if a generation, I guess I don't know. Could we have combined like grandparents who were there for like the original Sinatra <laughs> gang and then like, you know, the grandkids who were there for George Clooney and they combined <laughs> forces to take down Sandy B? That would have been funny, but also, you know, equally terrifying. I, I guess I'm glad that one sort of was able to just be its own thing. and was was fine. Um, do you think, OK, I, I think this is probably giving them more credit than they deserve. That one does. Ocean's 8 does acknowledge the Soderbergh uh, trilogy, I guess, existing in the same universe in a very almost like we feel like we just kind of have to acknowledge it, but uh, you don't really have to watch those to 
to enjoy this one at all. It's just yet another caper, another heist movie. Do you think that that would have satisfied these freaks on Reddit and Twitter anymore if they had said this is this is set, you know, so many years later, and you know it just so happens that it's all females that happen to you know take up the mantle of Murray as opposed to having the original actors do cameos as different characters. Okay, so uh, you want it? You know what? No, because here's why. Because if if something is canon, that will upset the nerds even more. Because then, <laughs> <laughs> in another universe, they can be like, "This doesn't exist." Once you bring it into their real world, then no, <laughs> I, I think that would have ang- that would have angered them even more. I love, I love this distinction between between fictional real world and real world because in the real world ghostbusters answer the call does fucking exist we are talking about it <laughs> we can we watched it again somehow i have it in my itunes library i don't have ghostbusters one or two in my library but i have this one <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't exist in the ghostbusters metaverse so it's fine we're never going to live like there's not going to be a Don Draper that comes out of our generation. Right. Like no, no one will be capable of, of being like that version of masculinity because <laughs> Don Draper now would have conversations you know, around the water cooler about does Ghostbusters answer the call count? Does it count as a real thing? <laughs> or he would have to listen <laughs> to people underneath him talk about it. <laughs> He would die of alcoholism much sooner than his fifties. That's that's the episode of Mad Men that we need in twenty twenty two. The reason he leaves his family home to go mingle with models and prostitutes is because his stupid fucking kids can't stop having debates around the dinner table about <laughs> Ghostbusters and what counts as the can. He starts. He started spending money on their convention costumes. <laughs> That's <why Man, Fee gave us uh, Freaks and Geeks, and everything he's done since, you know, has been uh, pretty super. Uh, I I feel bad. I feel bad that he, uh, you know... Last Christmas! I love me some Last Christmas! I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I'm like, hey, we're getting through Halloween. It's about time for Webb's (laughs) annual viewing. Yeah. Uh, Although I feel like you've admitted that you've watched Last Christmas outside of the holiday season. Oh, yeah! Yeah, Christmas in July, whatever, man. It's always it's no always shame. A good time. Not, none, none whatsoever. Uh, you know, one thing I didn't mention was like we have such little footage of Rick Moranis, and I feel bad that Ghostbusters one and two is like part of that set of uh, 
content. But, like, watching those movies, it makes me even question, like, is Rick Moranis any good? Like, this is bad. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> like, Ghostbusters is so bad, it makes me question the things, the simple truths that I feel like I know. Like, yes, people like Rick Moranis and he's great. I don't know. I don't know anymore. He does a lot of this. He does a lot of this in the whole movie. It's like, I come on, man. <laughs> it is amusing to me. To see as uh, we record this uh, the day before Halloween, that uh, Webb puts on his uh, varsity jacket and is shoving Rick Moranis in a locker. Like, he cannot accept the <laughs> dorkdom that is Rick Moranis. 